So we're talking about sex tonight, um, and some of you are like, wait, sex? We're talking about sex tonight? I, this, I haven't invited a friend in so long, and they finally came, and you decided to talk about sex tonight. Thanks a lot, Pastor Nick. Uh, yes, we're talking about sex tonight, and you might be like, that's really awkward. Why? Why? Like, is anyone like, is, is anyone just willing to be honest? This is weird to talk about this in church. Go ahead and just raise your hand if you're like, I'm a little weirded out. Some of you, you're like, no, it's fine. Is anyone like, it's fine. I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Is anyone like, okay, like, tell me? Okay. And, and any of you are like, I'm not raising my hand no matter what you say. You just said sex and then you're asking people to raise hand. No, no. Okay. Like, I get it. I get it. I understand. Um, but we need to talk about it. And we need to talk about it because, because every single person in this room right now, every single person in this room, you can think of someone in your life that you love, or maybe it's you, that because of the confusion and because of the, um, uh, all, all the different things that happen around the issue of sexuality, either you or someone you love has really been hurt. Really been hurt. And we need to talk about it. See, God, in his holy word in the scriptures, he talks about sexuality because did you know that God invented it? Have you ever thought about that? Sex was God's idea. Is that a little weird for some of you? Like, it's kind of like God's like making human beings. He's like, hey, angels, come over here, check this out. Poof, what do you think? And they're like, I don't know, man, I don't know. It's a little weird. It's like, this is God's idea. He invented it and he gave it to humanity for a purpose and, and as a gift. Sexuality is not bad. A lot of people grow up in churches where sexuality is taught to be like evil and gross and disgusting. But that's not what we see in the Bible at all. What we see in the Bible is that God has boundaries around it because it's so powerful. Because, I mean, here's the thing. If you just give a chainsaw to a toddler, someone's going to get hurt. And truthfully, some of you, you can think of either maybe it's past partners that you've had or your ex, or maybe it's like, like your friend and, and their significant other. It's just like, they're like a couple of chainsaw or a couple of chainsaws, a couple of toddlers in terms of maturity, but they're running around with this chainsaw of sexuality. And is it any wonder that someone's getting hurt, right? See, God, he talks about it, but he gives us boundaries. He gives us boundaries so that it can remain a blessing and not hurt us especially now and in the long run. But God also has an enemy. Who's your enemy? The, the devil. And that's our series. We're talking about the devil's game. The devil has an approach. The, the devil has a game. We see it in, in the scriptures. God lets us know that, hey, this is how the devil's gonna come after you. And in the area of sexuality, the devil comes after us. He really does. And here's how. There's three ways. Uh, we talked about this last week. The devil will do three things. The devil will lie to you. The devil will tempt you. And the devil will accuse you. The devil will tell lies to you about sex. He will tempt you to commit sexual sins. And then when you do, he'll say, you're disgusting. What's wrong with you? So it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, come over here. It's okay. It's just fine. And then when you do, he will just try to break you down. Some of us, we've been there, right? And so what I want to do is I want to show you, there's more than two, but I want to show you two lies. There's two lies that the devil will um, tell you about sexuality, and it will mess you up if you buy it. 
So let, let's look at the first one together. The first one, the first lie, I want you to write this down. And by the way, if you didn't grab one of the note things on the way in, there's some in the back or there's some leaders that maybe can help and, and pass some of those out or if you're missing a pen or something like that. I want you to write this down. This is a lie. This is a temptation to believe that sex is no big deal. It's just, you know, it's just natural. Yeah, it's natural. I mean, some people will say, well, God, like, he made our bodies to do that. So why is it a big deal? And why would he have us do something like wait for marriage to have sex? Who does that anymore, really? It's no big deal. Of course, if sex were really no big deal, waiting for marriage wouldn't be a big deal either, would it? Right? It kind of is a big deal. And if sex were no big deal, then, you know, there wouldn't be so many people that get hurt because of it. So it is a big deal, isn't it? And if sex was truly just like, like physiology, it just was, was skin, if that was really all that it was and your heart wasn't involved, then maybe it would be less of a deal than it is. But your heart's involved too, isn't it? See, it's a lie to believe that sex is no big deal, but the devil will tell us this lie. It's no big deal. And the devil will even say things like this. Uh, let's go to that next screen. He'll say, you know what? It's your body. Give your body what it's made for. These, these are your needs. Give your body what, it, what it's made for. God made it to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, this is going to be a little like, I, I'll try not to make it weird, but it might be a little gross. Okay, so like if you have the argument that, all right, I should, or not me, I'm not talking about me, just a person. Okay, we're talking about a person over here. It's getting weird, people. If there's a person that's like, yeah. I think that having sex before marriage is just fine because it's natural. It's just a function of our body. Think of all the other functions of your body that you wait until an appropriate time to use that function, okay? Some of you, you have had to pee so bad, but you're just like, I don't want to miss... I don't want to miss one thing. Like, you wouldn't just pee right now, okay? I've never talked about urinating from the stage. I feel really uncomfortable. This is actually more uncomfortable for me than talking about sex right now. I, I just... But like, isn't that true? There's, there's so many of you, and some of you, you're like sitting next to someone who's like, you really should hold your farts in more. And like, because it's not an appropriate time, okay? Go to the bathroom, man. Like, there's, is anyone weirded out? Is anyone ready to stand up and walk out yet? I'm close, I'm ready, <laughs> okay? All right, but here's the thing, is that for all other ways that we treat our body, we keep them in some sort of control as mature people. But of course, with sexuality, well, you know, express yourself. Can you imagine someone like with farts, express yourself? You know, like that's, that's, there's a, 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 a logical inconsistency here. Okay, should we move on? If you, if you get it, say got it. Ooh, oh boy. Uh, here's another temptation with this lie that, that we believe, right? That, that Man, this is a fun one. Uh, here's another temptation we believe is that, We'll hear the devil whisper these, these things. There'll be thoughts that come into our mind. There'll be just like narratives in our culture or the way that our friends are talking about sexuality. It's like, why, why waste energy resisting what your body wants? I mean, whatever your body wants, I mean, it's, it's, it's right, right? Of course, a lot of us, we need to resist a lot of things. And it's not just sexual things. 
Some of us have lots of different health issues that we have to work on, and so we either have to resist certain foods or certain relationships for our mental health. Or There's all sorts of things that we resist in our life so that we can be healthy and whole. And just because your body longs for something, desires something, does not mean that it's actually good for you. And so here's what happens. When we believe that, oh, well, sex is no big deal, just kind of whatever your body feels, that's fine. You know what happens? Well, this is what happens. is We treat our body and we treat their body. Let's go to that next slide. We treat our body, we treat their body like it's cheap. Like it's cheap. And like it belongs to us. That's what we do. This, this is a, uh, like a working definition of the word lust. Lust is a word that's like found in the Bible about sexuality that's outside of the, the bounds of, of um, what God has created sexuality to be. And it's kind of this internal thing where maybe internally we treat someone that way. So I have this picture of Sour Patch Kids. I was going back and forth on whether or not I do this illustration but because um, I don't have actual Sour Patch Kids. Does anyone here like Sour Patch Kids? Okay, Sour Patch Kids are like my favorite. Like, I love them so much. They're my favorite candy. Um, and years ago, uh, Michelle, my wife, and I, we would always buy, like, you know the two-pound bag? They used to have a five-pound bag, baby, okay? So, and then they said, it, it's like a national health crisis. We have to reduce it to two. And so, anyway, I, I like, we'd always have one in our pantry, and I'd always just be eating. And you're like, oh, Yes, it just, it tastes so good. It's just like everything that you would ever want in a food. It's beautiful, it's colorful, it's perfect. Can I get an amen in the house for Sour Patch Kids? One strong amen and four over here. Okay, the rest of you must like Swedish fish because that's the only other acceptable answer. Okay, that was aggressive, wow. Okay. So I'm at the, I'm, we're living in a new city at the time and I'm, I'm going to a new dentist and the dentist opens up my mouth and starts, starts, you know, like checking things out and he says, so Nick, you have six cavities. And I'm like, what? Who just whistled? That was weird. That was a weird, why are you whistling about cavities? That's strange. Uh, anyway, so he's like, you got six cavities. I'm like, I don't trust you. I brush my teeth. Morning and night, I floss every day, all right? There's no way that I have these cavities. I've been doing it right, dentist, doc, whatever you want to say. And so, like, I call my dentist back home. I'm a dentist back home. He, like, looks at the x-rays. He's like, no, you have some cavities. I'm like, there, there must be a disease of some sort, you know, something that's not my fault because I'm doing everything right. And so I'm sitting in the office to get my six fillings. Fun. And there's a little pamphlet that says, why do I have so many cavities? So I grab the pamphlet and I open it up. I'm, I kid you not, there's a picture of Sour Patch Kids on the pamphlet. Right there. It's like, it, it's right there. It's like, okay, it's the sour, and I, I still eat Sour Patch Kids. I definitely space it out. It's not like a daily thing. Okay, I'm not like gonna give that up because it's not a, like a sin, okay, to eat Sour Patch Kids. But just because it feels good doesn't mean that it's good for you. Just because it feels good doesn't mean that you can treat your body inappropriately or the body of someone else inappropriately, like it belongs to you. 
How many of you drive a car or hope to drive a car someday? Raise your hand, raise your hand, okay. Uh, and, and how many of you, um, your parents actually own that car? Keep your hand up if your parents are the ones that own that car. Yeah, it's, their name is on the title, right? Right. So if you took the car that your parents bought and you drove it to California without telling them, how would they feel about that? A little upset? Is that a little maybe outside of the boundaries of what your parents wanted you? Like they wanted you to have freedom, but that's outside the boundaries. Or how about this? What if, what if instead of uh, driving to California and just like going beyond the boundaries, what if instead you like, wow, this is a nice car. I could get some money for this car. So you like, you log on to, I don't know, carhub.com. Oh boy. Or maybe you get onto, I don't know, onlycars.com. I don't know what it is that you get onto, all right? But you, you get on there and, and then all the students are like, oh my word. And all the leaders are like, what is he talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so you like, you sell this car. And while you're there, you're like, oh, that's a cool car. Oh, I like the way that car looks. They got some great tire photos on that side, okay? Right? And so they, they go around and you sell your car and then you get the money. You get the money and you, you, you pocket the cash. What do you think your parents are gonna say about that? It's not your car. You don't own it. You have no right to do that. It's not your car. In the same way, we treat other people's bodies or even our own bodies like they belong to us, like they're an object for us to use. When the truth is that we bought a lie that, well, sex, it's not a big deal. Here's the second one. The second lie is that sex is a huge deal. Sex is the, the, the pinnacle of happiness and freedom and pleasure and, and, and a fullness of life. This is a lie. And not to be weird, but those of you that have, have had sex, you know. You know. There's things about it that are great, and there's things about it that, well, they're, they're not great, or they're challenging, or they're, they're different than it's like in the movies, you know? They're different than it's like at uh, CarHub or whatever it is, .com. And so we start to believe these, these things, and, and there's this temptation, especially if you're a Christian, this is a, a normal temptation uh, that someone might face if they were facing sexual temptation. Let's go to that next screen. You might hear the devil saying something like, uh, hey, you're forgiven anyway. You can have the best of both worlds. You can follow Jesus in all sorts of ways in your life, but, you know, no one really follows him in that one, so you might as well just ignore it and enjoy yourself. Forgiven anyway. Really? Or doesn't God want you to be happy? Doesn't He want you to be free? I mean, like, if God wanted me to be happy and free, why would He give me these, these urges and surges and then say, you have to wait to use any of those until you're married? That seems mean. Is that God being mean or is that our culture being twisted 
Is that God being cruel or, or is that our enemy putting all sorts of things before you to say, this is what it's like. It's such a huge deal. This is how you'll feel. This is how loved, uh, loved you're going to feel. This is how connected you're going to feel. This is how, how much of a man you're going to feel like. And you know what we do? Is we make sexuality into an idol. In other words, we use sexuality as the source that we go to for fulfillment. And I'm not saying that people like have a, a religion where you know they're worshiping sexuality in the same way that, like that we would gather in a building and worship Jesus. Although that has existed in human history. In fact, our Bible reading comes from 1 Corinthians and in the city of Corinth. If you were going to worship, you would go to see a temple prostitute. You'd pay the temple prostitute, and then some religious guy would take the money. Religious pimp. But we're not that different. Our culture, we, we still glorify sexuality as the pinnacle of everything. We make it into this idol, like it's our source of life. And it's like we've become addicted, isn't it? Sexual addiction is actually a thing, and so uh, and in a room this size, guaranteed, there's many people here that have experienced or have a love on this experienced sexual addiction. That will break you and your family and your future. And I want you to know there's hope for you. It's not because you're just a disgusting, awful person. It's because we live in a world that leverages our biology to make money. Do you think, do you think that sex appeal would be a, used in advertisement if it didn't make money? What do you think, what do you think would actually, like if we could like, if we weren't attracted to sex appeal and advertising, what would they use instead? What would our world be filled with instead? Our world would be so different. And the truth is, for many of us, our sexuality, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this. Everyone take out your phone. Take out your phone. I want you to, to open it up, unlock it. Go to open it up. When you have it opened up and unlocked, I want you to, to open your photos. Open your photos. Now, everyone got it? If you got it, hold your phone up. If you got it, hold your phone up. Everybody got it? Hand it to the person to your right. Now hand it one more. Hand it one more. Okay, stop, stop, stop. All right, stop, stop. I'm uncomfortable now, okay? Here's why this feels uncomfortable. Because it's a little vulnerable in there, isn't it? And your phone, it's not cheap, is it? And your phone, for many of you, is actually your source of life. It's your source of connection. To, like, if you didn't have your phone, you're like, my friends are gone. I don't have friends anymore. They, they don't even exist. 
But if we would do that with our phone, why do we treat our phone better than our body? Why would we treat our phone with, with more like, uh, th no, this is precious, this is reserved, this is not just for anyone, and say, anyone can have my phone. You, you just take it, you, and, 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 you can have, and then I will feel better when you have my phone. I will feel full, I will feel happy, I will be all these things. And then when we do, what happens? See, the devil lies to us. The devil tempts us, but then he accuses us. When we fall into sin of, of any kind, when we fall into sin of any kind, here's what the devil will accuse you with. He'll say, you are worthless. You are unlovable. I think in America we don't have an E there, so sorry about that. Uh, you are worthless. You are unlovable, and you are disgusting. That's the devil's accusation. Anybody know anyone that's ever felt that way about themselves? And you look at them, and you're like, no. Of course not. I'm here to tell you that that is from the pit of hell. That is a lie. And yet, we carry that burden all the time, don't we? We carry that especially, especially with the shame of sexual sin. Our culture glorifies sexuality. And then when someone crosses the line, they cross the line and everyone says, they're terrible, they're awesome, they're just awful. But just a minute ago you were saying that, well, isn't that awesome? And now we're calling people worthless and unlovable and disgusting. You know what else? The, sat the Satan. By the way, the Satan actually is in the Bible. The Satan. Satan isn't a person. Satan is a title. The Satan is the accuser. That's why he does this. He accuses us. And here's the one that I think is maybe the most painful. Let me know if you've felt this one before, well, don't let me know. Like, we could talk about it later, but who would want you? Some of you, every time that you're done watching pornography, that's exactly what you think. Who would want me? Certainly not God. I know some of you just got really uncomfortable, but 90% of guys watch pornography regularly, 60% of girls watch pornography regularly. It's pretty normal. So you're not like a weird freak necessarily. I have a lot of eyes that are like this right now. <laughs> I can find you more stats. If you want to find more stats, you have Google, though. Like you're, you have Google Scholar if you want the scholarly research. But listen, who would want you? You ever wondered that? Or have you ever felt like after what I've done, after what I've done, certainly not God. I have a word of hope for you tonight. I have a word of hope because 
there's so much weight that people carry. There's so much shame that people carry. And some of you, some of you, like, you're like, look, Pastor Nick, I don't even want to hold somebody's hand, you know. Like, I just, this isn't, this doesn't seem relevant for me. Maybe that's today. But if you know this now, like, I can guarantee you the people that, that are carrying that shame, they probably wish that they knew this now or even before now. See, God's word says this. God bought you. Everyone say bought. You have been purchased. God bought you with a high price. Specifically, God bought you with the blood of his son, Jesus. Jesus went to a cross and died so that your sins could be paid for. And by the way, we're talking about sex and there's, you know, sexual sin and, and like all that. But there's all sorts of other sins. Have you noticed how Christians will be like, sexual sin's the worst sin. Ah, disgusting. But wasn't that just the accusation of Satan just a minute ago? It's like, you think Christians don't struggle with sexual sin? Of course they do. They do. We don't have to pretend. But when you realize that God bought you at a high price, and in the context of this verse, bought you means that he bought your body too. Like, because of my sin, and because of your sin, our bodies don't deserve to be resurrected and live forever in heaven. But Jesus bought that for us. And he did that by sacrificing his life. He, his body broke so that our bodies could be resurrected. He gave his body and his blood so that our bodies could live forever. In fact, they wouldn't just be the bodies we have now, they'd be renewed and they'd be the way, exactly the way that they're meant to be. And so God bought you with a high price. So that means you, you need to honor God with your body. And by the way, you should honor God with their body too, with what you do with your eyes, what you do with your hands, what you do with your, with your ears. Honor God. Honor him. I also just want to say that there's a lot of people in this room that someone should have honored you. Or they should have honored God with your body. And they didn't. And I just want you to know that God does not look at you. And I know, I know you've probably had this thought, I'm disgusting, it's my fault. God does not look at you and think, they're disgusting. What were they thinking? He asked the question, who would want me with my past, with my history, with the things that go through my mind? Who would want me? Jesus does. Jesus does. You know what this verse means? It means two things. I want you to write them down, and then I'm going I'm to give you very quickly six things for you to deal with sexual temptation if you, if you want to. If you don't want to, you can deal with sexual temptation consequences. I mean, whichever one you want to do. But either way, God wants you to have freedom. And it's not really freedom if you're controlled by your body. 
God purchased your body. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. And so what you do with your body isn't really up to you. It's not up to you if you get to, it might be your car and I can drive it to California and they're probably not going to kick me out of the house or anything. Maybe they'll take my car away for a while, but I'm sure I'll drive a car again. Yeah. But it's not your car. It's not your car. Their body, it's not yours to use. Your body, it's not yours to use either. It's not. And the other thing about this this verse is that your body is incredibly valuable. So valuable to God that he would give his son to die would give his son to die so that you could know how worth it you are. And I wish so badly, I wish so badly that you and every person under the sound of my voice would truly feel how loved you are by God. Because if you did, My guess is you wouldn't really need to go back to your ex. You wouldn't really need to feel that guilt anymore because you'd be free. You wouldn't really need to hold secrets. And you would find a freedom that many people, they just choose not to find because they think that the world's way is the better way. No, it's just the more publicized way. And sure, it's an easier way. But it treats you like you're cheap. And you're not cheap. You know what these are? Those are the jewels that go on the crown of the king or the queen of England. And they are like gajillions of dollars. I I was going to look it up, ran out of time. But they're like super expensive. Do you think everyone in England gets to wear the crown? Why not? Because they're way too valuable. Who gets to wear the crown? You are a crown. And God designed our bodies and our sexuality to be expressed between one man and one woman. One man and one woman. That's, that's what the Bible teaches. And it values your body. It values your identity when you don't put all of your value into your body or your sexual identity. But your value exists because of Jesus. Because of the one that made you and by the way, made sex, because of the one who died for you and forgives all of your sins, because of the one who offers eternal life to you, because of the one when when the devil and the world would accuse you, he would embrace you. He's where your real source is. Sex is a lousy God. Follow Jesus instead. 
before we go, I want to give you, we're going to do these really quick. And for those of you that you take notes, if I go too fast, I'm sorry. You can ask me later. But um, I just want you to uh, have some ideas of like, okay, if I actually wanted to do this, because this feels a little unreal. Let's just be honest. It feels a little unrealistic to wait till marriage for a lot of you, doesn't it? Don't, don't nod. You don't feel like you can just sit there and stare at me awkwardly, okay? I know it feels unrealistic. Do you know that only 50% of high school students lose their virginity? You're like, no, everybody does. No, they don't. They don't. Look it up. 50%. I don't know. Maybe it's doable if you know what to do. So let's just take two minutes. I want to show you these, these ways to help you, to help you resist sexual temptation, and to live a full life. So here's the deal. Some of you, you really just need to keep lust. And by lust, I, I don't, your sexuality isn't what's bad. Lust is where you use another person like they're cheap or like they belong to you. You got to keep lust out of sight and out of mind. Some of you, you, you're so just flippant with what you go to on social media, who you follow, what you go to in your browser. You... You need to just get rid of that. And for some of you, that will mean that you need to, like, get rid of your phone or you need to put your phone outside of your room at night, like, or you need to stop calling them and you need to block them, okay? There's, you, you just have maybe people or relationships or, or shows or websites or apps or, or, or like, I don't want to, like, get too far into, like, talking about nudes because it just gets awkward, right? But I do want to say this. Nudes especially in high school, are child pornography. And many of you have child pornography on your phone right now. Get rid of it. Today, get rid of it. It's not yours to use. Keep lust out of sight, out of mind. It will clean up your mind, and you need to create space between you and temptation. Here's what people do. They're like, oh, my, my girlfriend and I, we're, we're following Jesus, and we're going we're gonna to be, like, really, you know, uh, good about all this, and we're going to wait for marriage, and, and, but then they, we're going to also watch movies or Netflix and chill in the dark basement with the covers over us all snugly. Okay, that's a recipe for temptation, Right? Maybe there's a different way to watch a show on Netflix that will help you to not have to resist things so much. And maybe you just need to create a little space between you and not sin between you and temptation. Here's number three and number four. Date and befriend Jesus followers. Now, I'm not saying you only befriend Jesus followers, but if you're a Jesus follower, I would highly discourage you from dating someone who doesn't follow Jesus. Because they don't yet value following the way of Jesus. I know that's uncomfortable, and, and that's not like a... You have to go home and break up with your boyfriend because he doesn't come to church. It's usually the boyfriend, isn't it? 
Not always, but it usually is. But I want you to, to think about like, is because you, your significant other doesn't follow Jesus or because your friends aren't following Jesus, is that getting in the way of you being able to do what you need to do, the, set the boundaries that you need to set? Here's another thing, you need to pre-decide the boundaries before you're in the moment. If you're like, okay, uh, we haven't talked about this, but you're like in the heat of the moment, what do you think is gonna happen? That's a recipe for regret. And we know this. So like when you're in the moment and you're not in your best mind, you're not like thinking straight, maybe make the decision beforehand so that you can live the way that you wanna live. Two more, very quickly. I want you to pre-decide. Pre-decide, decide today. My worth, it comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from, well, anything other than Jesus. But especially it doesn't come from my body count. Especially it doesn't come from the attention from, that I get from that particular person. It doesn't come from, from gathering as much pleasure as I possibly can on this side of heaven. My worth is on the cross. My friend, who gets to decide that you're valuable? Decide now. Otherwise the world will decide it for you. And the world is gonna decide on behalf of the world, not you. But Jesus, he came and died on a cross so that you could be free, so that you could know your worth so valuable, your body, your mind, your heart. Here's the last thing. Uh, some of you, maybe this is like the first time you've ever heard a conversation about sexuality like this. Um, or maybe you've kind of heard like, oh yeah, Christians are supposed to wait until they're married to have sex. That doesn't sound very fun, but um, maybe you've heard that before. But this might be the most important thing that I could say to you all night because the, the truth is that whether you've heard that before or not, whether you follow Jesus or not, the ship sailed on that, this whole sex thing for a lot of folks here. So what, am I just, am I just screwed? Am I just unlovable, worthless, am I disgusting? I mean, who would want me, who would want me after what I've done? I'm certainly not, not God. What do you do when you find yourself feeling like, well, I guess this isn't for me? Here's what you do. You go right to Jesus, just as you are. Right to Jesus. You don't wait around. You don't try to clean up your act. You just go right to Jesus just as you are. There's this woman who, she was caught in the act of adultery, but they didn't, you know, find the man in the act of adultery. He got away, apparently. And so they take this woman who's probably naked. They never show her, show her naked because it's church. We don't show naked pictures in church. That's weird. And so she, she's brought out, but truthfully, she's probably naked in the public square because she was caught in the act of sexual sin. And the religious leaders say, Jesus, we're supposed to stone her. What do you say? 
That's the rules. Stone her. Throw rocks at her until she's dead. Treat her like she's worthless. Treat her like she's unlovable. Treat her like she's disgusting. Who would want her? Certainly not God. These are the religious leaders. You know what Jesus does? He just starts drawing in the sand. And they push him and, and say, hey, what's your answer? He says, those of you that have no sin, you throw the first stone. Of course, in that crowd, everybody knew that they had sin. So they started to all drop their rocks and walk away. And this woman who's just waiting to die, who's scared for her life, she comes over to Jesus. And you know what Jesus says to her? Dear woman, where have your accusers gone? Where have your Satans gone? Is there not anyone left to judge you or condemn you? And because of Jesus, she said, no, Lord, they've all gone. And the only person that could judge that woman, you know what he chose to do? He says, I don't condemn you either. Now go, sin no more. This isn't good for you, but go, go, be who you really are. Because when you come to Jesus with your sin, you don't find condemnation, you find grace. You find acceptance, you find who you really are. So go right to him, just as you are. I'm not deceived. A sermon isn't going to keep a bunch of you from touching each other's bodies. Sorry to be crass about it, but that's what it is. You know what might, though? If you actually believe that you are as valuable as the cross says you are, and if you actually go to Jesus forget so what I want to do is I want to pray I'm going to send you to groups sorry I went long there's a lot to say <laughs> so much more that could be said some of you are like but I have all these questions I will answer no more questions I already had to talk about weird hard things okay like it's just difficult all right no I will answer questions we'll we'll talk later come find us talk in your group this is challenging stuff and it affects us there's hope for you. There's grace for you. There's new life for you. And so let's, let's pray together and then we'll go to groups. Jesus, I thank you for every person here. And whether they come in and they're like, well, I guess that's interesting information uh, that's not relevant to me yet. Or if they're just like, wow, I have so much baggage. And everyone in between. Jesus, I ask that you would give them such a deep sense of your love, of your compassion for them. Lord, that you see, yes, you see every skeleton in the closet, but your grace is bigger. Your grace is so wonderful, God. And so we confess, all of us together, we confess our sins. All of us, we need your grace, God. 
And so fill us with that grace and with the confidence and the assurance that comes from knowing that we are so valuable to you and our bodies are so valuable to you, our hearts and our minds are so valuable to you that you want them to exist forever. And so you died on a cross for us. So we praise you, God, for that. We pray this together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You guys are just Mr. Groups. We love you so much. Have a great rest of your week. And come back next week because we're talking about mental health.